Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Keith Brown with Ronstadt USA. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, Lee. Really appreciate it. Now, before we get too far into things, um, kind of update our listeners on Ronstadt. How you serve in the Atlanta area? Well, Ronstadt is one of the uh, is the largest um, HR staffing solutions firm in the world, and we are very focused on comprehensive staffing solutions um, for our clients, as well as the comprehensive ecosystem of talent um, across the Atlanta market. So, we do an amazing job with engaging um, our client around their talent strategies, as well as putting people to work every single day. So now you're kind of working both sides of this balloon, right? You're serving your clients, uh, the enterprise level corporate clients that need workers, but you're also helping workers get opportunities, right? That's correct. So can you talk a little bit about how maybe let's start with the worker. How do you help a worker find an opportunity? Well, there are several different ways. Um, most people are very familiar with contingent staffing or temp to perm. So many um, individuals who have been um, familiar with Ronstadt literally has joined their organizations on a temporary basis. And based on very successful work efforts, uh, they were able to join that, that respective client organization as a full-time employee. So that is in many instances how most people are familiar with uh, Ronstadt. In addition, to that, a lot of organizations outsource their HR functions. So we actually serve as their back office compliant framework um, to be able to work with them on if you're calling, um, you know, a Coke or Delta or any of these organizations, in many instances, you could be talking to someone who is sitting at um, their actual site and um, working with them in terms of talent acquisition strategies across their respective portfolios. So that is something in terms of how organizations work with us. And then also as it relates to how uh, employees are connected with us across the market. So now for folks out there that are maybe in underserved markets, maybe they're uh, minorities, maybe they are looking for an opportunity that they would have a difficult time getting on their own. Is this where Ronstad could help them get a foot in the door in certain organizations that might be more difficult if they went kind of on their own? Certainly. And this is one of the really interesting opportunities in the last year, for example, we created this program called Transcend. And it is really about development and scaling um, the skill development platform for underserved communities across the country, where we are creating educational platforms and pipelining those talent um, opportunities into client organizations. And so this is just one of the many ongoing initiatives, which is why we were recently recognized as one of America's top 50 companies for diversity by Diversity Inc., um, which reflects our internal work at Ronstock as well as our work with clients to help them set and achieve their respective uh, diversity goals. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Flourishing Under Fire, the Future Black Men uh, forum that you're you're hosting in at the end of this month or actually in a week or so. 
or now it just happened actually right may 24th that's correct yes sir so we, we uh, you know, we, after the uh, after last year's incident with George Floyd, we heard many national conversations about the role of police in our communities, about criminal justice and punishment, and about what it's like to be a black man in America. So, based on our premise and understanding that we are creating holistic um, talent solutions for all dimensions of diversity, we really wanted to take this opportunity to really focus on the individual and the impact um, individual and ethnicity of the individual that was impacted um, in the George Floyd incident in terms of a black man and really want to highlight the humanization of black men within communities and really how they show up every single day um, across corporate America. So this was um, what we called in reference the flourishing under fire, the future of black men. So now um, at the event, what can you share some of the takeaways that you got so we have a greater understanding of the challenges that black men are facing? Uh, one of the things that's really interesting is that um, the takeaways come about from it's almost like an arc. You know, there are uh, mental models that are developed um, in communities, uh, within institutions, in terms of, of um, educational institutions and youth programs, and really where it creates challenges and, and dynamics as, as, as those black young men grow into manhood and then how they shape their perspectives and carry those burdens into corporate America and recognizing that there are microaggressions that are occurring within corporate America that could limit um, or stagnate their growth as they ascend towards the corporate ladder. And then thinking about that in the context in terms of after black men have achieved the C-suite levels, what are the dynamics and challenges that they're impacted within those chief functional roles while also serving in boardrooms? And then being able to look at that through the lens as a black man. So these are some huge scenarios that really resonated. Um, you know, we had various, we had over 21 um, organizations represented in terms of black men from those respective organizations. Um, here in our very own community, uh, Andre Dickens um, was a part of the conversation and he really talked about taking inventory of the blessings of his life. We had Otis Raleigh from the Rockefeller Foundation talk about the inequities that exist within the corporate, the criminal justice reform um, within banking institutions in corporate America, as well as in healthcare in systems. And really the solution being that we, the world recognize us as humans. And even DK Bartley with Moody's really framing the perspective around understanding our value and how do we show up every single day. So there are huge um, platforms that were presented in terms of the opportunities, the challenges, but also some solutions um, for our allies and advocates, as well as um, opportunities for us to take an inner focus on how we um, as black men can evolve as well. Now, what are some of the kind of actionable things that a, a company could take uh, based on the learnings of that uh, forum? Sure. And it's really about the notion of belonging. The ability to create a space where individuals are, are able to unleash their full potential while also recognizing the ability to navigate between culture and maintaining that culture while also having a sense of purpose around authenticity. So how do we do this as organizations? Creating that space where a lot of it is about mentorship. 
really thinking about various scenarios and, and, and relationships and how mentors outside of an organization and within the organization can wrap their arms around individuals um, that are going through those challenges. And this is not just about black men, because we see this across many different platforms and many different frameworks in terms of black women, the LGBTQ environment, um, Latinos, a number of different um, dimensions of diversity. And what we wanted to do is really highlight how one aspect or dimension of diversity, that level of focus can really open the door for others. But in addition to that, sponsorship the ability to think about how to sponsor someone internally within an organization, to focus on that person's career path, to really create a framework around how that person is doing within that organization and how that person, when that person is not in those rooms, that they are advocating on behalf of that individual. Now, so these are some very, very comprehensive ways in terms of how organizations can focus on uh, unleashing the full potential, really reducing uh, and mitigating the stress um, and trauma as black men and other um, dimensions of diversity enter the, the workforce while also creating a space of belonging. Now, you mentioned the word sponsorship, and I think that that's really uh, where the rubber hits the road when it comes to these kind of initiatives. It's one thing to have a mentoring program and to give information and share knowledge and thought leadership, but it's another thing to put political capital on the line and, and advocate for that individual. How do you, uh, is there anything that people can do individually? Is there anything organizations can do to make it, uh, to encourage that kind of behavior? Because that is, um, you know, where a person has to, or is risking kind of their reputation on the reputation of this person they're working with. And that, uh, it seems to be a harder thing to get people to do rather than, oh, I'll mentor them you know, so I can check a box on my, you know, development plan, or I will, you know, be part of a a panel and talk about this. But where I'm going on the line and saying, okay, um, you know, Keith is my guy, you should really, he should be part of this interview uh, uh, program here. He should be in this pool. That's me. Now I'm putting something at risk in order to do that. And how do you get more people to do that? It's an everyday practice. So sponsors must model behavior and drive the sponsor individual's career vision. You have to fully invest in their upward movement. Sponsors have to provide visibility, even using their platforms to increase exposure and help the sponsor individual build network connections. Sponsors essentially act as spotlights, highlighting employees for opportunities or recognition within, which is why sponsorship is always more focused internally and it maintains a singularly singularly focused relationship with a high potential employee. So promotion is the core purpose of sponsorship and in an ideal scenario sponsors actively endorse their sponsors party and work with them to elevate that person's status within the organization so it's really about committing to focus planning their respective commitments and really thinking about career trajectory that is not linear that we don't always know the outset of what kind of help we'll need throughout our journey. So that's why it's so important to be able to have mentors and specifically sponsors to be able to help us around, along that respective journey. Right. But in order to sponsor someone, I'm taking a, I have to have a deeper knowledge about this person. I'm not yes. going to kind of 
This isn't like LinkedIn where I connect with somebody. This is somebody that I'm putting some uh, some political capital on the line for that my name is going to be connected with this person. I, I think that one of the challenges is a lot of executives don't have kind of that diverse pool of people they know and trust at that level in order to make that kind of an endorsement. And I didn't know if you knew of any programs that are in place that can help create that environment where the executives kind of can uh, get to know truly and work with and really uh, feel comfortable endorsing a more diverse kind of crowd. Well, what's interesting is that uh, many of those opportunities present themselves around uh, a lot of the employee resource groups or affinity groups. Um, And this environment has um, started approximately 51 years ago, where Xerox um, brought together the first uh, employee or business resource group focused on black um, black individuals, based off of the issues and dynamics and challenges that were taking place within that within that time frame. And this is where you see a lot of advocates and allies serve as sponsors. And this is also an opportunity to have comprehensive engagement um, during these um, sessions and events, as well as forums within all of our respective employee resource groups to get to know. And just because you don't represent that particular uh, employee resource group's dimension of diversity, this is an opportunity to really have those conversations in a very comprehensive comprehensive, um, thoughtful way. So, and those relationships can be developed and curated over time where sponsorship can then be the next addition or level as relates to those, after those relationships have been built in those employee resource groups. So those employee resource groups are a great way for maybe these underserved groups to get FaceTime and to show these executives what they can do so they feel more comfortable sponsoring them. Totally. And this is also an opportunity where a lot of employee resource groups and affinity groups are now um, the, the, you know, they're serving as the, the mini boardroom or advisory committees of chief HR officers and chief development and inclusion officers to really kind of be the linchpin of the organization to think about what is happening in that organization and how are they being impacted. What is taking place when the CEO of an organization have, makes a statement about a, 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 a racially charged issue or issue impacting voter rights or issue impacting various aspects of dimensions of diversity? And so these employee resource groups are really um, the backdrop to be able to have those very comprehensive conversations and have you know that, that employee survey, but in real time. And then um, I would imagine that at one point those groups were nice to have, but in today's world, they're a must have. Certainly. It is, it is, you know, to be able to think about these communities are really, um, in terms of the employee base, it's about a community. And there are communities that, several communities in, uh, that build up the comprehensive organization. And that essentially creates the culture of that organization. So if we can continue to um, understand and do deep dives um, on each of these community groups, uh, employee resource groups, understanding the dimensions of diversity um, that are taking place within the organization, 
organization in terms of the impact of, of policies and, and world issues, I think that that is an opportunity to create more productive organizations over time because now you have people who really want to do the work on behalf of the organization and they're going to do it regardless um, because they essentially feel compelled because they're part of the family. They feel like this is a family initiative. This, they feel like this is something that the organization takes pride in. So, yes, this is something that we see is going to be a continued focus um, as we continue to move forward the, um, the dialogue. And I would imagine for companies, uh, employees want to work for, cl- for companies and uh, that look like them. And if, the, if they're on their, their team page on the website doesn't represent the, uh, their clients, they might have a problem. Uh, or if it doesn't represent their what their uh, employees look like, there might be a problem. So uh, they have to get it congruent and in alignment in order to really be kind of walking the walk in today's world. And it's about, the, you know, to that point, um, understand your constituency or your stakeholder group and recognizing that there are others who just because you may represent um, a, uh, a non like a, not a, a, a majority platform, you may have dynamics and challenges and relationships and friends who do represent those struggles, um, those dimensions of diversity. So I always think about it in the context that um, you can't always judge a book by its face and be thoughtful about uh, um, your authentic um, perspectives as you bring them to the table so that you can receive as well what that employee who may not look like you um, is able to present. And that's what we have found um, in the the comments um, in the um, in all of the um, the, the in, in terms of the employees, the stakeholder groups, the clients that have commented on the Flourish on the Fire Future Black Men Summit has been significant positive response um, from our employee base who have said they are so glad to work for an organization that has raised this as an issue and created a platform. And we've received significant um, feedback from our clients that they want us to actually now go and talk to their employee resource groups, because now this is an opportunity to continue to keep the conversation flowing in a very dynamic manner. So we, we saw, we've seen so many positive um, responses from um, this effort, and we're, we're more than likely um, going to continue it further and to explore other ways to actually continue to advance the conversation. Now, um, is there any other forums coming up in the future uh, or uh, other events of this kind? At this moment, we are um, evaluating um, the next iteration of Flourishing Under Fire. Um, and so whether that would focus on other dimensions of diversity to include women and um, Asian population, as well as the Latino population, um, the LGBTQ population. So we're uh, evaluating various other platforms to be able to pre- create and, and um, advance this conversation. So yes, um, this is huge for us. In addition to that, we are looking at other, you know, the pathways. So being able to take this existing content and be able to deliver it to youth youth programs. So whether it's the Boys and Girls Club or um, Big Brothers Big Sisters, other frameworks that could be able to benefit from the content that has already been developed. So we're exploring this in many different ways to be able to share and socialize it across many different platforms. 
Well, Keith, congratulations on the success of this. Uh, this is important work and we appreciate you doing it. Uh, can you tell us, uh, for folks who want to kind of connect with you or your team or the folks at Ronstad, uh, is there a website for Ronstad or a way to get a hold of this content or uh, content around this topic? Sure. All of the content um, from the Flourishing Under Fire will be posted on the Ronstadt um, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion webpage, and that should be available in the, within the next week or two. And um, we hope that everyone is able to take that information, socialize it amongst their um, friends, their network, their employee um, resource groups, and just really being able to uh, utilize this uh, to be able to unearth um, some aha moments while also being able to do deep dives on um, what is um, what, where are the opportunities to really uh, shift and change our mental mindsets um, from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. So we're very excited about this entire platform. And RonstadUSA.com is a website they can find, uh, at least get in the neighborhood of where this content will be. That is correct. Thank you. All right, Keith. Thank you again for sharing your story today. Really appreciate it. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. To learn more and get your first month free, go to onpay.com.